We didn't talk about who was going to introduce it. Hi. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to Detuned Radio, uh, the world's most professional music podcast. Uh, how are you doing, Nat? Yep. I'm, I'm good. I'm just uh, chuckling. I'm, we're given uh, all songs considered to run for their money. We, re- we, we, we really are. Um, <laughs> Take that, Vikings choice. I used to, uh, when I discovered, like, podcasts um that makes me sound incredibly old but like when basically npr was like the first way that i listened to podcasts sure and because yeah. uh and so i'd get a or i say npr but i should just say uh public radio because I mean, it would be like this yeah. in life and all songs considered and all that stuff and uh i would and that's what that's what npr has been forever yeah and i would download them all to on my parents 2006 mac and then sync <laughs> manually sync them over to my ipod and listen oh, to them geez. in my car um and yeah i should i should get back to doing it that way very first time i heard of a podcast was i think myspace maybe had an official podcast that they were running or Polly Shore maybe had a podcast or there was something. There was some podcast and Polly Shore was on it. I was not too aware of who Polly Shore was at the time. Now I under- <laughs> Now I definitely understand that he is the gentleman that the friend in Goof uh, Goofy movie is based off of with the leaning tower of Cheesa. That's supposed to be Polly Shore. I yeah. understand this now. Oh. But- I never heard that, but it, like that makes total sense. <laughs> we watched Biodome for the first time the other night, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's what they're lampooning with that character." Okay, I get it now. But so there is this ad on MySpace or something that was like, "Polly Shore was going to be a guest on this thing," and it said, "I've heard of downloading internet porn, but never podcasting." And I'm like, "What do these words mean? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about." And then I. For a long time, the only podcasts that I downloaded were the podcast, the video podcast editions of the Strong Bad Emails. <laughs> they, so they released those as uh, podcasts? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. you could do it as a podcast and then you would it would just like load up to your video iPod and then you could watch your yeah, Strong Bad Emails. Yeah, and you'd watch it on tiny little screen. <laughs> on the go there was there was a little thing like the bumper graphics were like the first one was like him scrolling through the ipod instead of through like the you know oh. the scroll button scroll button one two one two like you'd, you'd scroll through like an ipod and click on it but then at the very end he like showed up and he's like whoa what am i doing in this tiny box <laughs> and then he'd like bang on the glass and, and it cracked <laughs> i missed this entirely <laughs> it was i only knew a the weird uh, time you know flash animation ones you know what though speaking of Polly shore and speaking oh. of right-wing conspiracy theories are you aware <laughs> that jim brewer is still alive and doing stand-up comedy number one uh very few good good things happen after the phrase speaking of Polly Shore. <laughs> Number two, I'm actually not sure who that is. I was really hoping you were going to say, I don't know who Jim Brewer is. Uh, this is perfect. <laughs> it's not like a shameful thing at all. I don't know who that is. No, there's no like, <laughs> oh, you don't know who Jim Brewer is? Um, he <laughs> was a... 90s like mtv vj and comedian oh vjs yeah jim brewer was the other half of half-baked right if you pull it up now 
Dave Chappelle's face is giant on the box art. <laughs> At the time, Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer were equals. Huh. Uh, and they were it, that was their stony, stoner buddy comedy. And you say whatever you will about Half-Baked. I think it was a fine 90s stoner comedy. But <laughs> he, he's really blown up during the COVID era oh, sure. with his uh, contrarian takes. But he just released this new stand-up special. And so kind of like his... I would say his deli- his punchlines are the okay. same as that they were in the 90s, where oh, the sure, punchline is mostly like him making weird noises and farting and stuff. <laughs> but the subject matter is like COVID and vaccines, and it's super weird to watch. And, of course, uh, me having my political positions and who I follow on Twitter, uh, left-wing Twitter has been lampooning it. But, yeah, so Jim Brew's got a new stand-up special if anybody Wonderful. wants to go. See uh, some fun conspiracy theories. Sure. Uh, Rift yeah. on. <laughs> if you're like, I hate vaccines and I love people talking out of their butthole. <laughs> oh, that the, he's that guy? I, he does what part of the bit and his new thing is he talks out of his butt. And I was like, sir, <laughs> really? <laughs> that belongs to Jim Carrey. Show some respect. <laughs> it's like, wow, in 2022, the year of our Lord 2022. Wow. <laughs> gosh it's yeah. so it really is so weird going back to like 90s stand-up and seeing i guess maybe just the pacing that people had back then because now i feel like everything is designed and paced in order to be like clipped up and like shared on social media like you are delivering your That's- comedy in such a way that someone could take a minute of it and put it on Instagram and then, you know, it goes viral or whatever from there or on TikTok or whatever. But I watched in the last year or so, maybe a couple of years, both um, some old Jim Carrey stand-up and Robin Williams stand-up. And they are just, and it's those guys in particular, um, but they had so many people trying to be them, but they were so manic in their delivery. Whereas just, you could not, stop paying attention for a second or else you will be left behind in a foreign country while they are doing whatever they're because like jim carrey would slip in really both of them it's such a um shared energy that the two of them had they would just slip in and out of characters with just the sort of like neural plasticity of like a like a like the highest tension rubber band yes. you could find. It was just they would jump from ideas, and it's impossible to predict anything of where you're going. And those guys did it well, but there was so much '90s comedy that like tried to do that. And there were so many guys who tried to just be the, oh, I'm just going to be random and off the wall and whatever. But like, because they weren't as smart <laughs> as either yeah. of those guys, it was just insufferable. But like going back and seeing that now, because at the time it was like, it was a zeitgeist. Like the first time you saw either of those guys stand up, like it was incredible, but then, you know, people are kind of like losing patience with the, all right, like kind of give me a thread, give me a narrative, give me something I can follow. But I was trying to, uh, I work with some people who are a decade younger than me and we were talking, somehow we're talking about Netflix comedy specials or whatever. And I was like, were you guys ever into, um, Dane cook, Dane cook. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. That was a joke. (laughs) And they were like, they looked at me as if I had said, like, do you guys like Bill Cosby? 
Like, it was just like, oh, man. hey, Bill, put another one on the Bill Cosby count for this uh, podcast. <laughs> um, I forgot about the count. <laughs> this podcast um, is gone. Flips <laughs> number episodes. sign back to zero episodes without mentioning like, Bill Cosby. I remember being, uh, I think it was 20, 21, downloading, I had Harmful, of, Dane Cook's Harmful Swallowed uh, downloaded in in my iTunes and it was like midnight or 1am and my family had the the computer room and my parents house like if I was laughing it would wake them up and my mother woke up extremely extremely early for her job and so it was always a thing like my whole youth was do not be loud after (laughs) 7pm because mom has to wake up and so um, I was, I remember laugh crying to Dane Cook's Harmful Swallowed and being really worried that I was like going to wake up my mom. Uh, <laughs> and then I remember like all my friends, everybody, like he was the man he was, of the moment. That and then he was came out with that double disc. Uh, he had like two or three years of that bubbling yeah. making the rounds. And then he had the double disc, uh, I think it was called retribution or retaliation or something. I don't remember. Sold like a sword on the front. It was a double disc and there were two separate stand-up specials and it became the highest selling stand-up special of all time i mean i can't think of a single comedian that even is as popular as he was at stand-up wise as he was at the time no because he didn't have a show he wasn't in movies he tried some movies and failed miserably yeah he got like a yeah and and i say all that to say like uh, also, just like anything gets cool and popular, like we talked last episode a lot about Creed and, and stuff like that. And it's just like he, Dane Cook was the the biggest name in town. And within, I remember, like a year, it was like not cool to like Dane Cook. And I, I think like, it. Yeah. Wait, why didn't I didn't get the memo? I still thought this was funny. Yeah, I think it might have been the couple movies he tried because uh, they flopped, man. They just totally flopped. But I remember my stepsister, uh, I think, either bought the DVD of one of the specials or had borrowed it from somebody. And it was like uh, almost on repeat in our home and yeah. quoted constantly. It was just a bizarre sort of zeitgeist. And then I remember, you know, got to college and you mentioned, you know, stand up to somebody and then. You know, of course, Dane Cook comes up, and that's where yeah. I had some friends who were like, "Oh, okay, so Dane Cook is fine." Oh, I think there are also some jokes that he stole, that the comedians that he stole them from came out and like had the receipts, and he kind of got uh, persona non grata. That was when that was when my friends were like, "Oh, well, okay, Dane Cook is fine, whatever." Have you heard Mitch Hedberg? And that. Oh sort of sent me down the my comedic stylings for the rest of my life because <laughs> mitch my route best. was identical my route was identical it was just people oh you like that you should check out mitch hedberg you know and then it just uh, snowballed from there yeah <sighs> but yeah other than that uh it's worth calling out they had covid for like 22 days yeah you had that negative positive, or the false positive that um, then became a positive positive. Yeah, I followed in uh, Dr. Fauci's footsteps. Uh, I got COVID, as we mentioned on the last episode. I had just gotten over it. So I got COVID, came back, came back from Vegas, tested positive. The Friday I came back from Vegas. The next Friday, I tested negative for the first time. During that time, I had taken Paxlovid. That sun, uh, Saturday or Sunday, a dear friend of ours uh, came in 
he was here last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dear friend of ours came and stayed with us so that our other roommate uh, friends could could not be exposed and could go on sure. their European trip. Cool. That worked out. We dropped him back off at home Wednesday. During that time, I only went out to lunch. Uh, that was the only time I went, left the house because I was still like paranoid that I had like his because <laughs> right. he was positive. So I was like, maybe, I don't know, like it's in my sweater or something. If I go. <laughs> and so then uh, that Friday I woke up and I had a runny nose and I tested and I was super positive. I was like super positive. And then I stayed wow. positive for like 11 days. Well, so well, there I'm, you go. I've we went out last night. Uh, we went to a very fancy restaurant. We spent more money than I'm comfortable spending on dining out because we had not. Yeah, you're eaten making up. You're making up for a lost very time. long time. <laughs> making up for lost time. Get it? So, yeah, yeah. Paxlovid rebound is real. Me and Fauci got it. It happened to us. It can happen to you. Be careful. <laughs> well, can't happen to me because I didn't take nothing for my COVID. I just sat and was miserable. That's what I should have. I should have done that. Just I, tough it out. I listened. I listened yeah. to my friend who is obsessed. With, my friend Evan, who's obsessed with with all things COVID related, and keeps me up to date on the news. And he convinced me to get it. And you know, I'm just, I like. Come I on, Evan. To, I should have listened to Jim Brewer. I should have. <laughs> I should have just been like, get no, some I'm not putting this some, government poison in my body. Bleach. Inject some bleach. <laughs> Shine a shine a light. I haven't shine heard anybody say blood. ivermectin. God, it's been a while. What a it's ride you've been, been on. Because you said ivermectin, and my brain was like, "Wow, that's nostalgic." <laughs> nostalgic, <laughs> man. Anyways, now how have you? I've been yammering on. How have you been? Yeah. You, you, you got some Swedes in town. Good. We do have some Swedes in town. Um, Michelle's brother uh, married a Swedish foreign exchange student. Uh, not when she was a foreign exchange student. The, uh, they had been out of <laughs> out of school for a while. And she was back living in the States with her host family. Um, they got married, had, some, had a couple kids, and then were living here for about 10 years. And then she was like, hey, so we've lived with your family for 10 years. I want to live with my family, you know, for see if we can do 10 years there. So mm-hmm. they moved to Sweden uh, outside of Stockholm and had another son because it makes sense to have more children in sweden it doesn't make sense to have more children or sometimes children period here uh i am saying this with my child is five and a half weeks away um but like yeah when you have I'm kids only, there uh you get like a year off to support oh, them it's like when, when you have a kid here it's like a yeah. pat on the back and going to work the next day if you're if you're the husband most right of them. no they get like 600 days shared between the parents and i think 200 of those are reserved for the father to take and you don't need to take them when the baby is born you can take them like any time during the first six years of the child's life See, I'd wait until the kid was like fun. Like wait until the kid is six and yeah, then you can and go then to like amusement go. parks and then I would burn <laughs> all two hundred days. There. But so um that's a good idea. But I so, say as a I say as a childless <laughs> man. Yeah. Um but no, so uh they've been in Sweden for about ten years now. And they're now visiting uh for the first time all of them in like seven years. Uh, it's been a very, very long time, maybe five years. It's been a long time since all of them have been here. Uh, they have sent the two older boys on their own a couple okay. different times, uh, which like the oldest one is 16 now. So like they weren't old 
when they were flying cro- like across the Atlantic Ocean. It was a kind of kind of scary thing like, for a. It's not like a six year old you put on a plane with like a like a neck like a like a sign around their neck that's like. No, it was very know, much like that. Here's all my contact. It was show. it was very much like that. I think they were like eight. Oh they, wow! They've both, or maybe when they turned ten, they would come out. And then the youngest has been out with my brother-in-law once. Okay. Um, but this is the first time in a long, long time since all of them have been here. And so we've been uh, hanging out with them. It's been good. We had a family reunion with Michelle's mom's side of the family, which is an insane group of people. <laughs> the group chat for that reunion started off with one of the ants telling everyone like hey here's the date and the time and the place and please like bring some food to share and then cousins are like oh hell no i'm not bringing food to share why should i bring why should i cook for anybody else and then uh one of the ants was like well traditionally at a potluck and then tries to explain what a potluck is to these cousins who are in their 40s (laughs) and like one of them was like it's just me. I'm going to eat a sandwich myself and not eat anybody else's food, whatever. And then this sounds so exhausting. <laughs> this sounds well, so exhausting. So one of those 40 year old cousins has a daughter who is 18, 19. And one of the younger cousins had called that child, the cousin's daughter, the C word. And so in a different chat in a, like privately. <gasps> and so then in the big group family Ooh. chat, this cousin was like, Hey, you what's up with you calling my daughter the c word <laughs> and like and wait are yeah. these these people american or swedish these are americans yeah okay because the c word in america is like the the it's like the worst one it, yeah if you're australian or, or english i would go okay they're, no they're no no being, that's how they're you being a little other. mean but no, 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 you that's know. how you greet each other it's a term of affection in australia my it's a term um, of endearment it still is jarring because i have some australian friends oh, here yeah. And they do throw it around. Oh yeah, way and it's still like I don't. I'm still just like yeah. I get that that's like <laughs> different for you, but into my ears, I'm just like, right. Jesus, why are you yeah. being so mean? <laughs> um, my uh, my the best man. That sounds my unfortunate. Wedding. That sounds yeah. vicious. But no, it was a wild. It was a wild time. Um, but no, the best man in my wedding was in Australia for a few years uh, after outside of college, <laughs> and so then. Uh, <laughs> I he and I will will use it liberally with each other. <laughs> so he came back and was like, "I'm very, uh, you know." I actually, I think worldly. I actually started that. <laughs> I may have started that, um, <laughs> but but no. So we had that reunion, and uh, you know, all the kids went up and whatever. It's been wild times, but then uh, we went to the shed aquarium on Tuesday, which was a real nice. Time. I love the shed aquarium. It is. Probably it's definitely the what's, best aquarium that I've been to. What's the shed aquarium? The John G. Shed Aquarium in Chicago. It is this wonderful okay. aquarium built on, like, it is on Lake Michigan. So okay. they have like a big oceanarium. There's dolphins there. They do a dolphin show every hour with like the Lake Michigan behind it, which is like a really nice view. And it's like more like an educational dolphin show than okay. like a Sea World sort of deal. Like, but and they're all... they're they're in salt water, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not in the lake. There's <laughs> they throw the dolphins into the fresh water, right? <laughs> I mean, it also doesn't really matter. Dolphins don't 
have yeah, gills. Yeah, does it not matter? No. Yeah, I guess it dolphins, wouldn't. Dolphins have gills. They don't have gills. I have gills. to imagine it might like make their skin irritated or something. Maybe. I don't know. I could see that. But no, so if they If you're have, a like, scientist, write uh, yes, reply please, to us on Twitter. Please. Let me know if I can put a dolphin <laughs> in like Michigan and if it would be fine. Yeah. Um but no, so they uh, they have dolphins there and uh, penguins and they have be- some beluga whales, which are really oh. wild. Man, it is crazy to see those. Did um, you grow up with Rafi? Not as I was old. Like I knew who he was, but I wasn't old enough for it to be an impactful thing. So, so I never heard of Rafi. Never grew up with him. Didn't know him. And this blew uh, my wife Lauren's mind. And she has a deep emotional bond with with Rafi, and she sings. Um, so the first time she was like talking to me about Rafi, she started singing "Baby Beluga." Oh yeah! In hopes that it was going to trigger something in my memory, <laughs> and it didn't. And instead, I was just like, "This is the most adorable thing ever." What is this song? And my wife sings song. So to this day, anytime yeah. I, like uh, people talk about uh, Beluga Whale, Rafi, whatever, I just think of my wife adorably singing. I still have never heard Rafi sing it. I just it's it's in my head. It's my yeah. wife singing it very uh, cutely. Yeah, our youngest nephew, who is I think eight uh, around that age, almost as soon as we got in, was like, "All right, where are the sharks?" We're like, "We'll get we'll get to <laughs> the sharks." That's a boy. <laughs> we will get there. So like it's it is really an incredible it's an incredible aquarium. But so you walk into the shed aquarium and like right in the middle of like the main hall is this big like coral reef sort of circular tank with like rays and eels and big weird fish and a sea turtle in there. And it's just like this incredible thing. And then our nephew's just like, where are the sharks? And we're like, no, bud, we we got to wait. And it's like, all right, we got to go. We got to go see the dolphin show in like ha- in half an hour or whatever. So we go there and we're going through like all these like really, ed- you know, beautiful and kind of education driven exhibits. And he's like, I want to see the sharks. And then he's like, I totally get it. I he, was that kid. He I was, was that kid. Yeah. He was impressed by the dolphin show, but he lost, uh, he lost interest pretty quick. And so, the, the sharks were actually the last thing we did <laughs> uh-huh. and he got pretty cranky up until that point but then uh but no well, well how we, did he react to the sharks was he was he did they live up to his expectations the shark part of the aquarium is absolutely astounding it's uh not quite like a like a tunnel like you might see in like other aquariums but it's uh it definitely like curves over you and okay. there it's like a huge like almost like an IMAX screen sized uh wall that you're looking at with you know a few several different species of sharks and other fish in there and as soon as you get in there almost everybody just hushes like it is this odd sense of awe that comes across everyone in the room when you walk in there like it's almost like the sort of feeling that I have experienced like walking into like the Basilica at Notre Dame with a group, which is like, you just walk into this like amazing cathedral and everybody just kind of like stops and like is a gape. And, but then, you know, (laughs) it's an aquarium. And so he was, he was great then, but then, you know, he was very, very quickly once we left was he wanted to go do the thing that flattened your pennies, you know, (laughs) it's like $25 or, or sorry, not twenty five dollars. Twenty five cents 
or twenty six cents. It's twenty. It's a it's a quarter and then like a penny or something. The or did they shed, raise the price yet? Well, when when I was is a it, kid, the shed was fifty one. Is it a whole cents. dollar now? Now it's a whole dollar. Uh, okay. But he also wanted to okay. go to the vending machines that we walked past when we came in, so uh, he lost patience there. Uh, then we walked to get some pizza, and uh, it's been a long time since I've been to Chicago. I used to live there. I do not miss living in Chicago. Man, oh. I love I love visiting Chicago. It is a great city. I know. I know our intro's running long. You can cut all my other crap out. Uh, the Bear, new TV show. Um, you you may have heard of it. Uh, it's <clears throat> got the guy from Shameless. Um, it's about a it's a it's a it's about a family run um, diner beef business in chicago okay and i do not binge television <laughs> i watch an episode and i'm sort of like i'm full up um i binged i binged this it's eight episodes they're all a half hour we watched it over two nights wow. and uh it like it deeply it deeply moved me yeah. and uh if you if you like chicago if you like food if you like uh, stories about teams and leadership and conflict and teams, teams and leadership. Like yes, like I, I literally am I like I, going I, to a conference. No, like I was telling you about. I was like, I the bear is a better leadership like course than any book you're gonna read. Like it's really because it's dealing with real flawed people with sure. real attitudes and real chips on their sure. shoulder. Whereas most leadership stuff is like everybody in the room is like trying to you know do their best and you know anyways, <laughs> it's a brilliant show. I highly encourage it. A lot of Wilco uh in well, in the soundtrack they're from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Uh, the Bear. It's on Hulu. The Bear is I also the um the Bear is also the name of our local rock station. So that's just I didn't still know that. what I keep thinking. Every time you say the bear, I'm like, oh, I okay. didn't know that. Yeah. I know the bears. The bears. Yeah. It's fun hearing the Chicago accents again. Too, oh, yeah. Going, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. Never. Ain't seen <laughs> Dick could do that. Uh, <laughs> Nat. Yes, sir. What are we talking about this week? Today we are talking about something that is very, very, very dear to my heart, and I um, have been given the impression uh, from certain texts that I've received from you that this may be our last episode. Uh, we are talking about the band Thrice, who uh, in I have only ever quantified my top five bands. They are number two. Uh, it goes Mew really? That You, Thrice. They are right there. Mew That You, Thrice, Radiohead, Sigurose, Alcest. Alcest recently bumped Fugazi uh, in the last few years. Huh. <laughs> I had to be honest with myself about where Fugazi actually was. But Thrice is a band that has meant a whole lot to me for a long time. I received a copy of The Illusion of Safety for my 16th birthday alongside a new boombox and a copy of uh, What It Is to Burn by Finch, which that album... The rules. That, <laughs> a lot of people love that record. That record is for... I can't hear that record without thinking about how much less I liked it than The Illusion of Safety. I mean, it's a little more cringe. It's a little more... It's pretty cringe. <laughs> straight up, you know, fun. Whereas Thrice has always been... A deadly serious 
band more or less yeah and so even i mean the first album i have spent very little time with the first album my best friend in high school had it and i think it was playing in his car one time i'm like what is this like this is the first thrice record man i'm like uh -uh, we got better ones now we don't have to listen to this one (laughs) we don't have to listen to this one anymore we have better ones upgraded man yeah Yeah. and so this is you you compared it to to pablo honey which i think absolutely you know interesting absolutely um, and there's a lot of bands like that where they were 19 and they 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 had what they had and it wasn't very you know not everybody's coming out with turn on the bright lights as their first record right right and so thrice and radiohead actually have a very similar arc through their entire career uh in that they had an album a debut album that was made up of songs they wrote when they were in high school (laughs) that wasn't super great but got them attention from the right people Mm -hmm. and then they each wrote kind of what i like an instant classic in their respective genres both in the bends and the illusion of safety and then i think they both then wrote the definitive work of those genres as well because artists in the ambulance among like the warp tour crowd is probably regarded just as highly as okay computer it is the peak of that sort of uh post-hardcore uh to uh, in my opinion in a lot of other folks opinions but then they took a hard left turn much like radiohead did with uh, an album called visu which they started getting um, and so, well, give me years here. So, artists uh, in the, I'm like, I know Artist in the Ambulance is what, 01 or something, 02? Artist in the Ambulance is 03. And oh, okay, okay. that album actually. And that's the third one, though, right? That's the third record, right? So, the second one uh, was what is it? Illusion of Safety? Illusion of Safety was 2002. Okay. Yeah. This is, yeah, because this is, again, I've always mentioned them Walk, Step, and Thursday. To me, I've always associated them with. With theirs, and you know they were around that whole, and they toured scene. the same time. They <clears throat> I toured think they together. Toured, yeah, they probably toured together. They did for sure. I know because uh, in my close friends group, we all got the artists in the ambulance wore all the time, and Coheed's in keeping secrets of Silent Earth. They all came out within a few months of each other. And so we were Good Lord. Like a couple months. It was the same time in my memory. <laughs> and we No, you're you're right. I mean, I remember that yeah. summer. And so we like just spun those three records on repeat is basically all we listened to. And then we were gonna go out to Cleveland to see Thrice Thursday and Coheed tour together. And ended up not being able to go for various uh, family drama reasons. But uh, yeah, they they were lockstep in there with Thursday up until really Visu, which was they started implementing more um, some electronica influences, some uh, like blues and folk and like some more post-rocky, some even like some heavier like uh, sludge metal sounds that they're going in there. And then after that, they did a four EP concept album project called the Alchemy Index. And they're four EPs. Each one is like a different distillation of their style. So there's fire, which is all heavy stuff. Water, which is more electronica and post-rock. Air is more indie rock and post-rock. And then uh, Earth is all like really bluesy and folksy and all acoustic. Hmm. But so that's that's like, you know, sort of like a 
like a amnesiac sort of idea whereas like they just did two really experimental things in a row and then uh they had an album called beggars in 2009 which saw them sort of like take those experimental influences and go more towards like writing more straightforward stuff like hail to the thief or something like that and so since then they've just been doing like more straightforward stuff that's not quite as intentionally experimental but there's still those elements there which is you know basically what radiohead has been doing since hail to the thief they were on hiatus for a little bit i actually uh when i was listening to them contemporaneously when I first heard Beggars, which is the album in 2009, I read something about how they're like, we just wanted to write more straightforward rock songs. Like we didn't want to play like the mind games that were in, you know, the last two records. I'm like, but that's what I liked. And so I listened to the first 30 seconds of the first song and I was like, nope, Thrice is done. And I didn't pay attention to them until uh, like 2014, maybe 2013. I went back to listen to Beggars and discovered that they had released another album in 2011 too that I also had skipped. And so went back and fell in love with both of those records. Uh, the second one is called Major Minor. And then they were on hiatus for a bit. And then they came back in 2016 and have put out three records since. It's They're one of those bands that have like grown with me as sure. they have grown. And so like, because again, like it's still, it's hard for me now to like, put on the illusion of safety and just listen to all of it <laughs> like all the way through. And it's only like 35 minutes long, but like, I yeah. can't, I can't take too much of that. Um, but all just about anything from Visu on, like I, I am good to go almost any time, uh, with any of those. And so even lyrically, uh, his, his worldview has shifted with mine a lot at the same time. So he is also, uh, a guy who has been in the church and uh, has worked in churches, was a worship leader for a time, uh, has a worship album that he put out, which was really weird to watch like alternative punk in sites like this, like treat it like a normal solo record. Huh. <laughs> it's just like, cause he's done some other albums in his name. And then this worship album that he wrote for like churches to sing these songs, like, and then they're just treating it like a follow-up to his like folksy solo stuff. And they're like, well, he's always been a little, you know, it's been there. It's th He's hinted at it before. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, okay, this isn't what it is. But like, he's definitely gone through a lot of the same uh, deconstructive <laughs> lenses that I have. I, I mean, I gathered as much from the lyrics. So the to step back, like the, you know, doing this this show... Nat and I are always, uh, we, we always want to have a subject, right? We Some podcasts can just sail by by having two buds have a conversation every week. We, we always want a, an anchor. Um, and I was like, hey, uh, Thrice has been this kind of uh, black spot in my yeah. catalog or, or knowledge, right? I grew up during this era, they were around, and I just never liked them. And then if you're like, well, dude, did you listen to them? In my head, I'm like, well, I must have, but I can't tell you. Yeah any of their music and they were so connected with um i'll just say like the post-hardcore stuff like thursday and glass jaw yeah which i loved like thursday and glass jaw were just so big to me and so i never took to it um and then i think somebody told me that they were christian and so that just kind of made me go oh 
Christian, like the Christian, you know, like we've talked about on the show before, w- yeah. where there used to be a literal thing in Christian uh, family bookstores where you go in and be like, <laughs> if you like Rage Against the Machine, you will like Project 86. And you're like, okay. Um, and so I thought, oh, this is. No, Thousand Foot Crutch. Yeah, this if is. If you the like Christian Rage Against the Machine, Thursday. you'd like Thousand Foot Crutch. Uh, this is the Christian Thursday. I'm just gonna paint no, no mind. And again, at the time, I was I was very much a, a believer in, in the church, but it would just it. I always had had bad experiences with those things. Also, it is worth noting that one of those lists. Uh, there is an interview I read around the time that Visu came out, where Dustin Kensru, the lead singer, uh, is at his church, and somebody from Focus on the Family is there as like a guest speaker. And he puts up the thing on the screen that's like, if you don't want to listen, don't listen to these evil secular bands. Listen to these good Christian bands. And Thrice was on the evil secular side because Thrice has never been on a Christian label. They, I believe, turned down an offer from Tooth and Nail early, early I mean, I read their wiki today, or not today, yesterday, going through and prep for the show going, okay, where does it say that they're... Even Christian or evangelical or something, and nothing. I don't yeah. think the wiki mentions it. Uh-uh. At all. No. So Dustin Kensru has been overtly Christian the whole time. I think Tepe is maybe the lead guitarist, but the Breckenridge brothers are decidedly not. Uh, they, I think, are atheists, and hmm. uh, they have said that they have a healthy respect for one another, and it, like have learned a lot from each other. But like, it's never been Dustin's thing to be like, "Oh yeah, we're a Christian band," because that's not. I mean, it's influence. The worldview is influencing that, and there are a couple songs that are pretty pretty overt. But uh, it's not been any more than you know Bob Dylan, yeah, <laughs> or you know things like that. So. Not I uh, want to get a, Bob Dylan's gospel records, notwithstanding. Yeah, his three, <laughs> his three uh, gospel records. Um, you no, know, so so you know we had the rap episode. Yeah, probably eight six months ago or something. And <laughs> we've been doing this, this long. This, we've been doing this for almost a year, man. Uh, and I was like, hey, uh, thrice is kind of this complete uh, black hole to me. And I've just never, I've never been drawn to it. Nothing about Thrice has ever drawn me to them. Why don't you, why don't you make me a Thrice playlist and uh, we'll do an episode where just like the hip hop episode, you, I listen to some Thrice stuff. So that made me a playlist. If you're, look, I'm going to rattle these songs off, cut this out of you, then get stupid. I'm going to. 10, 10 quick tracks here. Yeah. Well, it was a much longer playlist, but I only listened the first time. Uh, It was Broken Lungs uh, from Alchemy and the Index. Call It In The Air, Major Minor, uh, Beggars uh, from the record Beggars, Fire Breather from, also from the Alchemy Index, Of Destinations from Vihisu, Vihisu. Right? Uh, Only Us from the record uh, Palms, The Long Defeat uh, from Everywhere, or To Be Everywhere is To Be, I'm guessing it's Nowhere? Yes. Spotify's cutting it off. <laughs> uh, open Water, also from the Alchemy Index, Color of the Sky, Horizons East, horizon slash east and then uh hoods on the peregrine the artist in the ambulance which is their the oldest track on this playlist the yes. last one of the first 10 because i told nat make a playlist i'm only probably the first 10 so i don't know that so so if you are a thrice fan that gives you an idea of what nat threw at me yeah he uh you explicitly said you didn't put the singles on yes there. i wanted to avoid most of the singles i want to do mostly because they are one of those bands where it's so 
cliche to say that like oh they've got something for everybody because like you know you have bands that you know try to throw a wide net and just end up not having any sort of unified vision in their sound Mm -hmm. at all we're like thrice always sounds like thrice like if you listen to if you listen to illusion of safety if you listen to horizons east even when you know they're doing like this fast rapid post hardcore that like changes time signature every four bars or if you are listening to like the more uh electronic stuff or the folksier stuff that they're doing they always sound like themselves uh, and so I tried to give a, a pretty good smattering of what they're doing, a combination of like, these are my favorite deep cuts that they have. And then okay. also I was trying to appeal to like your, <laughs> your, uh, post metal sensibilities. So your, uh, your ISIS and cult of Luna sort of things. And so I, I did lean a little more to the slower heavier songs um but then also like there's just some really good stuff in here <laughs> so um, yeah so i don't know like like what's going to run down so i mean my overall impression is like i'm sad to report that it didn't bloom like i was like oh this is what i thought thrice was um like the old time mostly i'm like this is exactly what i thought thrice was i was I would say, like, I kept liking 60% of their songs. Like, the intro would be great, or the guitar work would be great, and then the lyrics would completely pull me out of it. Or, um, it just... So much of it would end up sounding just like Hillsong United to me. What the f***? No, no, <laughs> no! So much of what it just sounded fuck? like praise and worship music. Absolutely not! Like um, what? And I couldn't. I could. I was just like I couldn't turn it off. I was like, this guy. Like every song. I am trying. For- I am trying. I am trying to see what the hell you're talking about. Looking I'll, I'll at these songs. You. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, Fire breather is easily the most cringe track on here. Like that was a. That was a like he starts singing about like it's something about it's us it's not them versus us we're all us together or something and it, it just that's the, only the us. lyrics were super rote and then which the, is the all the songs kind of crescendo which and this is this is the thing where it's, I, beca- I it's because i chose the tracks it's because the track i chose the tracks that crescendo is why <laughs> i was trying to psychoanalyze like what about it because I'm like these guys are radically talented. They're very good. These are objectively good songs. What is it? Why aren't I liking this? And I think anytime that my brain can kind of see the, I think it's like a magician when you know the magic trick, you maybe don't like the trick as much. And I feel like I I knew their tricks listening to this a lot. Um, as a guy who wrote a lot of crescendoing ballads back in my day, I'm not going to even pretend like I can hold a hand candle to, to thrice They're Again, very good band. Like this is not, this is not something I suffered oh, through. God. I didn't suffer through it in a, in a way where like, Oh, this sucks. But I also was like, huh? Yeah. I'm not drawn to come back to this. So, I will say my easily my favorite was Beggars. The song Beggars was easily my favorite. I thought that like, would have been a mile. I thought that would have been. <laughs> I um, should have 
That was the one I kept going like back to when I like I like the one only oh only us on palms. That was another one that was super cringe for me. Uh, the intro is like super cool and it was like synthy and kind of sounded like they've been watching a lot of Stranger Things, which is fine. It's like yes, yeah, this is great. great. I really liked it. And then again, the chorus kind of took me out of it. It was very schm- it was very schmaltzy. I would say fuck? I would say. F- Thrice to me feels like an Aaron Sorkin script. It's just, it's good. It's objectively good, but it's just very schmaltzy and it worked for some people and it just didn't work for me. But I'm open to trying more. I'm open to trying more. I'm not throwing them out. I'm not saying they're, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying they're very good and you should listen to them. If you're listening to this podcast, you should check them out. But they're very anthematic in a way that I found hard to swallow. I think you need to see a neurologist or probably a <sighs> neurologist and a psychologist, a therapist of some kind. There's clearly some sort of internalized uh, like, self-sabotage that you have engaged like some in. Some of the lyrics are like, it's one of the songs he talks about, like, pull, like the, let the scale fall from our eye. Like, the lyrics just kept taking me out of it, right? It just well, sounded okay, so like I a praise say, and worship leader writing... <laughs> writing songs so it's like mm. so, the, so i will good. i will tell you that the song you're talking about broken lungs is about the 9-11 conspiracies and the the cover-ups behind that so in the, that they do believe in it or in that they, they are, believe that it's been uh, covered up a- that they things have been covered up for sure okay so those Sorry, are they, were they like really into loose the loose change like documentary and stuff i don't know if you specifically mentioned that but okay one of the things that they've done for a long time that i have thought is really neat and have sort of copped for my own work is that um a lot of the albums from uh artists in the ambulance i think through major minor i don't think they've done anything since then but they would have like sort of tour like sort of studio diaries behind them like for each song they would have like some background information and stuff on there and so for broken lungs basically he said like hey like there's a lot about 9-11 that we're not being told (laughs) so they've the narrative the narrative that we're being told is pretty controlled and so not like the controlled demolition side of things but you know there are some things with 9-11 that it's become a joke you know now but you mm-hmm. know there's there's definitely been some cover-ups and some uh information that could have been acted upon that was not yeah i mean jet jet fuel can't, doesn't melt steel beams right has it's become the whole joke meme. yeah it's like become a meme at this point right um that that song aside i i would say okay my favorites were beggars i thought broken lungs was solid i like the the color of the sky quite a bit that's from horizons slash east mm-hmm. and then um unsurprisingly i liked hoods on the peregrine uh from the artist in the ambulance i mean when that hit my i wasn't looking at the like staring at spotify <clears throat> so when that hit i was like oh this must be one of the early ones because yeah. it sounded i was like okay this sounds like the of the era but i think that track holds up i think it holds holds water yeah. I really did like it. The The ones I struggled with were, again, I really struggled with Fire Breather. I really struggled with Only Thus. And I really struggled with Open Water. Uh, those are the ones that I that I 
and then the 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 long defeat of Dustin Nations, call it near broken or broken lungs. Those are those are kind of like I dug them, but I, I felt like I needed to listen to them even more. Yeah, um, and I just unfortunately yeah. didn't have time and those to are, listen those to are, them ten times or whatever. Those are kind of uh, growers on there. Um, I'm trying to pull up the lyrics for Open Water to see what you could possibly. I didn't have, say anything about Open Water. I have thought. I, I just said was... I just didn't enjoy it that much. Because I like I like anthematic rock, and I mean, again, a lot of the bands I like are not. I mean, Radiohead, Deaf Heaven, they're all not strangers right. to building to a crescendo. I will admit that I'm illogical, and I don't have a reason here. I'm. I, I, that I, is I was God's wanting truth. To, I was wanting to like it so bad, and I started talking to Lauren about it. And I go, "Hey, what do you?" She didn't know what this week's topic was. Right. And I go, "Hey, did uh, you listen to Thrice back in the day?" And she's like. Uh, I mean, like I heard them; they were around, and I was like, "Okay, what do you think?" And she was like, uh. <laughs> "And I was like, you're taint.' I was like, "Don't taint so my weird. view." And she was like, "Why?" And so I explained. I was like, "Yeah, that's what yeah. we're doing this week, and that's been my take too." Is sort of a, uh. and she's like, "It's fun." You know, we talked through it. And I was like, "I don't understand why I don't love this because it has all the elements of something I would love. Why don't I love it?" And she's yeah. like, "It's fine. It's not like everything, but." uh I want to. I want to like kind of sit with one like beggars or something. I like the I whole think and maybe give yes. give that a whirl. And so I will say part of my <clears throat> methodology when you told me to make ten tracks <laughs> because I think so much of the cultural hesitation that people have with thrice were like, oh, like you mean that like old like kind of mallcore band, and it's like, well, no, because hmm. they weren't in that scene for a long while and so they were like you know they were definitely like in the warped tour circuit for the uh second and third records but and so many people when they think of thrice are just thinking about illusion of safety or artists in the ambulance like there are still I mean, thursday has the same thing right, Kohe, right. to a lesser degree has the same thing glass jaw i mean right. i can't tell you the number of people i was like did you hear glass jaw's new record and they were like worship and tribute from like oh five and like <laughs> three you know like no they have one from like 2019 and it's right. really good it and was really like, good but you know just it's but like you know right. because most people were of that era and then life kind of shifts and they, even in your your case right you you said you fell off yeah. for a while yeah and so like when in putting together this playlist i tried to do the no that's not all they are that's not what they are like they have like a rich back like history beyond that which is why i'm so heavy on the other stuff had i known that hoods on peregrine would have been the thing that caught you i'd have gone way more in there got much more from i'm actually honestly really surprised i only put one song from visu in the in the first 10 i thought that well, in the I mean, again, I, I, I was cramped. This did feel like a bit like a test I was cramming for we because should. I just yeah. I was squashed on time this week, and so I did listen to it legit uh, three or four times through. But it was like one of those things where I was like, "Man, I wish I could sit with these more because they seem like these kind of songs you want to read the lyrics to and they're whatever and you know." And so, and the it was one of those notes. things where um, it it didn't grab me in the way. That again, I, their contemporaries, which I would say is Glass on Thursday, I think would easily be their contemporary from from their high from their most popular era. 
Sure. Um, but I, I have a dear friend. So my friend, this is gonna this is gonna make you laugh. My dear friend Rob, who's come up on the show before, super me without you fan. Yeah. I think he I think he forked over the dough to go to like five of their shows on their on the farewell tour. Farewell tour. Uh, super me without you fan. He's the one I always tell you about. He is obsessed with thrice. He yes. loves thrice. He's always trying. Give to me get his number. We'll well. start a podcast. And so you and him. <laughs> we'll have a podcast together. <laughs> you and him are lockstep. You and him are lockstep in this. Where I remember when the Alchemy Index came out, we we worked together, and he was like telling me about him. I was like thrice. Like they're strong because even at that point, I love Thursday, and I'm I will defend Thursday's uh, three records after war all the time but i will also not pretend like they're you know in the glory days and the same way that i like bruce springsteen's last record quite a bit but i'm not going to pretend like it's you know born in the usa or anything like that sure um and so i was like well wait is this actually good or is this just for like hardcore fans he's like no like they completely changed up their style with the alchemy index and he was like telling me all about it um really good and I remember trying to give it a few tries back uh, then. It was like, I think this was like 2013 when he was telling me about it. And uh, it, just, it just didn't stick. It just didn't stick. Uh, bizarre. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I am amazed that you ha- can have the issues that you have with Thrice, both in their sort of climactic composition and their more spiritually aimed lyrics. And like my band at all, I like your band plenty. Right, which is why I thought you would like the songs that I chose here because I I often the whole time. I often just want to give Alchemy Index parts two and three to my bandmates and be like, reminder that this is what we're doing. This is this is it here is these these heavy anthemic songs. Something about your music, especially the la- the later stuff you've released, feels to me less... I, I mentioned a magic trick, right? Uh, when you know the magic trick, it's less appealing. I feel like they're doing some very, um, very well-worn magic tricks, and whereas your music isn't. And so I can sort of... I, I don't know, it's almost like, then, eh, I know what you guys are doing. Then I have... Eh. I have tricked you entirely <laughs> i have a few i have a few formulas <laughs> that are pretty it's, you know and like even uh, like one of my favorite artists ryan adams is like flat out me he's like oh he's like i'm not even a great guitar player he's like here's my whole trick and he got really into doing instagram live uh streams and oh is my wife entering lauren yeah are you trying to come in <laughs> You can interrupt. I Matt can, edits it, so it's edit. a problem for me. You should open the window in here. Wait. Lauren. Come here. What? Lauren, she can't. what's your opinion on Thrice? No. No. She's walking away. <laughs> this is not my podcast. <laughs> Anyways, uh... Ugh. Sorry, I, I got distracted. Ryan what, Adams, what, what was, Ryan Adams was doing his Instagram lives. Okay, I'll rewind it back. Uh, so speaking of magic tricks, Ryan Adams would do a lot of Instagram lives, especially after he was uh, again correctly got got in trouble. Uh, I'm really trying to avoid using the canceled because I just it's a, uh, 
well, I will tr- say. I mean, it, it might be the correct word, but it's just yeah. it, it, when you say canceled, some pi- people's eyes glaze over. Right. I, I do think, though, maybe um, you mentioned Ryan Adams one more time. I think Nathaniel South is going to try to stage an intervention. <laughs> oh, is he uh, not like him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. I'm I'm not defending his behavior in the least. Please, please let's 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 be clear. I'm I, I mean might, I'm a big fan might of Louis C.K.'s stand up, and I can go, wow, that man was really not right. not good. It might also be um, a, as a songwriter. Uh, I think Graham's really talking about, but you no know, uh, on Instagram Live, he was doing these like, concerts, kind of really just kind of clearly receding back licking his wounds being like okay i just want to play for i want to go back to basics and play for people on my acoustic guitar and so i'd watch some of them and he would just go oh these these are my tricks these are my tricks and he would just show and he's like this is like 18 of my songs you know right here this Mm -hmm. and i'm like and it was therapeutic to watch because i was like oh i've always held him in such this insanely high esteem and i'm like oh he has tricks just like i had tricks when i was uh an active songwriter it's all it's all tricks so we all got tricks um yeah that's all it is so what uh about if you were gonna talk about this playlist let's say you've been listening and i'm assuming you're deeply familiar with all their tunes so you could probably talk about this playlist off the cuff what about these jams like really like what is it what is it that works for you that that doesn't make it feel maybe um rote like how it does to me a little bit maybe because all the a lot of the cliches that you are sensing in there have become cliches because everybody's ripping them off. That might be true. Thrice is easily... <laughs> that thri- might be very true. Thrice is easily one of the most influential bands in like the post-hardcore scene. And so I think Beggars and um, alongside with uh, uh, Come Now Sleep by As Cities Burn, I think those two are the two most influential records in like the modern post-hardcore scene. Um, especially the uh, sort of like Christian adjacent or ex-Christian adjacent uh, arena. I think those beggars in this As Cities Burn Records are for sure uh, among the most influential there. Um, And they are probably of the bands that you were mentioning, you know, that they're alongside with. So bands like Thursday and Glassjaw and Coheed uh, that they have toured extensively with multiple times. Uh, and you know they've toured with me without you several times as well. Now uh, they make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, to sit alongside me without you, not vocally, vocally, and the way the choruses go, radically, radically right different. But I felt like what they were trying for, what they were stabbing at, was in a similar uh, realm. Um, and I, I personally enjoy me without you much 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 more than i uh like thrice so yeah and they are, and the bands have become good friends uh me without you actually was on the visu uh reunion tour that they did in 2020 um were they like opening yeah it was them holy fawn in a band called drug church uh holy fawn was on that tour thrice is actually the reason holy fawn got big uh because the drummer of thrice discovered them when they were like nobody's death spells had been out Mm -hmm. for a few months and nobody had heard it. And then Riley heard this and tweeted about it and they exploded. 
and I was. I love it when bands do that. When right. bands are just like, "Yo, this is really good." Right. And, and like, to you, there's no one's paying them money to right. do it. You know. And so they are. Uh, they brought them along on their Visu reunion tour. But yeah, but so of of those bands of the you know early two thousands, mid two thousands, post hardcore bands that they have been kind of tied in with, um, they are absolutely far and away probably the most successful of any of them. I don't remember thrice or glass jaw ever having a radio hit uh, you mean thursday th- yeah thri- i don't remember so thursday or glass jaw ever having a radio hit so thrice this is had a i don't i don't have any numbers i just have vibes and what i know and in my head i'm like i think thrice had a few minor radio hits i remember again thursday with the local rock station i think they would play understanding in a car crash like you know at at 10 p.m. at night occasion you know like yeah. random times and then when war all the time came out they played uh signals over the air like that got rotation on mtv2 and that got a little bit yeah. still was not what i would call a hit, so so you know, let's in the sense of yeah. um I mean, Glassjaw never had a hit. No, <laughs> never they were once. Too abrasive. So let's look at let's look at the Spotify <laughs> monthly listeners. Isn't a great metric, but it is an easy one to look at. Glassjaw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glassjaw has one hundred thirty-eight thousand monthly listeners. Mm-hmm. Thursday, two hundred seventy-seven thousand. Thrice, one million. Wow. So, so I in my brain they're probably about as big as Thursday, and clearly I'm wrong by a factor of, of four. four. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. and um, they have been one of the most important bands for a whole lot of people uh, for a long t- for a long long time, and they are I think probably like the staple of that sort of scene and then even like to the point that they have transcended it where you know because the radio hits that they've had uh are actually more recent so they had a couple hits from the uh from their post hiatus records where to be everywhere it is to be nowhere the song black honey is actually looking at the numbers here has their most plays even more than the track artists in the yeah ambulance. so that was something i wanted to call out was when i was listening when i was listening to this playlist what i was struck by aside from the very again when i got to the one from the artist in the ambulance going okay this is from the kind of early 2000s post hardcore era um how straight alternative rock a lot of it is in um like well, it's, ugh, I don't mean to say like it's not, it's no, not like they're sound it's more straightforward. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was I was stunned in okay I was stunned in the same way that I listener I ignored I never got into brand new never got into brand new mm-hmm. I saw brand new on tour with Modest Mouse about three years ago four years ago and they were doing like a split headlining thing and they were and to me Modest Mouse is like gigantically popular and brand new is like this forgotten emo band and me as me and my buddy evan and and my wife get there and it was at a outdoor theater here in berkeley and we get there they they start these shows on time because it's on the berkeley campus like really on time because you know they don't want to make noise after like 10 p.m (laughs) and we're like coming in and i'm hearing like uh uh float on like as i'm standing in line and i'm like what it's seven fifteen. yeah how is modest mouse playing already so we haul ass get in there and we're all just flabbergasted that modest mouse is the opener 
And so brand new plays, and we, we stayed for them, and they didn't particularly uh, blow me or anything, but I was just like, oh, I didn't realize how kind of standard rock that they sound now. And because of that concert, I went back, and for the very first time, I listened to... Because um, I had only heard, like, The Boy Who Blocked His Own Shot right. and, and a couple of the hits off of the the one with the astronaut on it, Dejan 2 or whatever. Yep. And I really liked... Uh, the Devil uh, and God are Raging Inside the, Me? The Devil and God are Raging Inside Me. I really like that record. Yeah. But what stuck out to me listening to it, uh, again, I'm talking, I was I was getting into that record in like 2019. What, what stuck out to me was how it's a rough time to get into it. It's a rough time to get into that record. I was record. like getting into it and it's oh. like, turns out, because it, oh, it was that, I was getting into it right and uh. right after they came out with their comeback record. They're like, uh, I, it's like the cover something about like a car and a dude jumping fiction. out or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like science fiction too. I had that record was, in the mail. S- I was just stunned yeah. by how standard alternative rock it was. Sure. Anyways, sorry. You, yeah. you were saying. I, I had science fiction. I got the email that my order of science fiction had shipped. And then a couple hours later saw the news that this story had come out. I'm like, well, I was really excited for this record. But so it goes. I mean, I... Um, it, it was a, it was one of the things where I wasn't close to the band, so I just sort of heard rumors, and it was sort of like this hearsay thing, right. and I didn't dig into it. Yeah, it's and so uh, I listened to science fiction uh, yeah. a bit, and then since then I'm like, now that I kind of got like the band, and I'm like, okay, I need to have an opinion on, it. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I right. need to know what's going on. Yeah. And I went back and did my my homework and was sort of like, oh, yeah, never mind, never um, mind. Um, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, so they did. Uh, like I mentioned, like the similarities with Radiohead, where they are making more straightforward rock music. But yes. one of the things that is going on, and I wish I would have been a little more intentional about this in making the playlist, is that they have some really complex things happening musically where they're one of the bands that can play like in 7 8 and it doesn't feel like it's in 7 8. Or like they'll have like these weird time changes, but you <laughs> don't notice it until you like sit down and count it because they are doing it in a way that feels so natural to it and so there are a lot of songs where i've, I've been listening to it for a while and i stop and i'm like hmm. oh wait this is in six how have i never noticed this is in six but it's just because it doesn't feel like you know your typical you know waltzy six eight but um and then the guitarist tepe tanashi is i'm probably mispronouncing his name um but he is one of my favorite lead guitarists uh just in just about every era of thrice like he just hits that that's hits it easily my favorite part of this band if yeah you were gonna say jesse what do you like i would say and the guitar work guitar every work song is so good i mean i kept mentioning They'd start a song, or they would even even the the, the track only us off of uh, palms. It's I liked it, and then the chorus kind of pulled me out of it a bit, and I kept trying to like it. But um, I I just brought up guitar work, and then I mentioned a song that's mostly since. Maybe that's a stupid <laughs> example, but I there's mean, so much. They're it's very the composition. Guitarists yeah, the composition good, is great. Yeah, and seeing them live, just, a lot of the choruses really lost me. We have a. Forget, I think we have. Me well, now. I I say we have a follow up episode where I <laughs> I make a playlist. I make a playlist to rebut your issues, and then okay. we will see. It's, I'll make a. Felt- I'll, I'll make a playlist that's more in the okay. This is the classic thrice. This is why people love them. Not so. The, I had a. 
thrice still makes good songs playlist that I apparently made. I had a thought uh, when I was listening to this two days ago, walking to lunch. And I was trying to figure out why I didn't love it. And I was like, you know what it is? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, when it comes to me and big emotional sweeps and big anthematic rock and like really the big the big screaming choruses with tons of reverb and people going, ah, you know, I'm like a dog who has to take a pill. You have to put it in a hot dog for me Jeez. first. Like I have to be tricked into it. And that was the metaphor I came up with was I was like, I was like, I think sometimes like Radiohead will do like the street spirit and the end of that gets pretty anthematic, but I've, I've been tricked. So I don't, I don't know. I don't mind. Um, and it's cause you don't have a heart. <laughs> it's also because I don't have a heart. It's yeah. it's very clear that the lyrics are like from a raw place too. That was that was the other thing that I found was it was almost oppressive how it was almost oppressive how sincere they were. Where I was like sh- like I felt like I couldn't not like it because I was like <laughs> man this guy's like really working some stuff out in public. You know it's not like uh, talking about a ludicrous record or something where right, you're like. Right, right. And going into oh, it, I didn't like yeah. those lyrics. It's like, well, okay, hosing different area codes. <laughs> I get it. You know, this right. is like, oh, this guy's working out stuff here. I feel like I can't not like it. Yeah, and and going into it, I knew that that would be one of your biggest resistances, and so which is why I tried <laughs> to because I have no heart. And I don't like sincerity. Well, no, because some of the moments <laughs> are, you know, pretty overt in their mm-hmm. in their spirituality. Um, but yeah, so only speak, only top like ten. Kendrick and Kendrick right. is gets really, and I'm, I'm able to kind know. of turn that off at parts or ignore. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Bruce Springsteen has a song on his newest record called "The Power of Prayer" that I don't really like, but it's <laughs> an overtly religious song, and I can kind of deal with it. Sure. So, well, I don't know. I'm gonna take "Come All You Weary" off this playlist before you get to there, but. I was real mixed on that one because it's real bluesy, and I'm like, I think you might like this nice bluesy folksy thing. I might like it, but it's well, real, it's real gospely. You'll that's see. Fine, but I've listened to like the I've listened to the Old Brothers uh, Old Brother Arthur soundtrack a bajillion times. I think that is if, based on I think if, Christian hymns. If Broken Lungs is sounds like a worship song to you, <laughs> then there's no way that <laughs> Come All You what? Weary is gonna be that hot dog. <laughs> But you mentioned that how popular Thrice was and how influential they are, and um, I've <clears throat> always been. I mean, if you've if you've listened, if you're a Protestant who's gone to a church where the stage has any sort of lighting setup <laughs> and uh, people are playing basically rock music, Hillsong, uh, and specifically Hillsong United, because there is two, but Hillsong United's the youth group contingent, right? I mean that's kind of selling it short, but they're they're a gigantically popular um, yes. band. They write original worship music, and nearly every church, as soon as they come out with a new record, starts kind of adopting them. But they've always really been what they've been good at is following the trend and not not even like playing catch up, not being like. It's not, I, I want to be clear, it's not the Steve Buscemi and 30 Rock with the skateboard being like, right, how do you right, do, right. fellow kids? These guys are young, and they are writing really good music, and they're all very talented. And yes, obviously the Christians are about uh, the, the worship music, but, like, I do think that's probably 
they ripped off thrice so much that that's probably why my brain makes that connection <laughs> where that is a guess that is a guess that's maybe because okay. i remember when like green day's boulevard of broken dreams came out and then it was like a year like that song was everywhere and yeah. it was like a year later and hillsong came out with this uh, a song where the guitar had that uh the echoey effect that's that <laughs> boulevard of broken dreams by green day i am it was like bah, da, 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 da. and i was like guys really really i am unfamiliar Damn. with the hillsong green day ripoff fiasco I'm gonna find. I it. am interested uh, since we do do several green uh, Hillsong. <laughs> we do several Green Day songs at my church. No, we do several Hillsong songs at my church, and and also a couple Dustin Kenzer songs, which is a real fun Wait, thing to do. Let's do let's do a pop quiz. Okay. So thrice had a little over a million monthly listeners. Yes. One of my dearest favorite bands. There's they only had uh, two hundred thousand. I think you said Glassjaw had like ninety. A hundred, a hundred and twenty, like hundred and twenty thousand or something. It's okay. a little over a hundred thousand. How many do you think Hill? How many do you think Hillsong has monthly active listeners? Oh, I'm gonna guess fifty million. <laughs> All right, well, you way overshot. Oh. 3.9 million. Oh, okay. Three point nine million. That's a that's a lot of people listening to Hillsong United. Now, that's not that that's not this what the Spotify thing isn't counting is hearing them in church sure. performed by your local worship. Yes, I I'll also say I was I was informing my guests by the fact that Passion of the Christ was one of the highest selling films of all time. <laughs> I <laughs> so p- Christians. Be, I love Christians seeing be that buying things. I love seeing that list. It's always like top movies of all time. And I think Passion of the Christ is like number eight or nine or <laughs> yeah, it's right up there. But then if you look at uh, it holds the record for highest grossing R rated film of, yes. of all time. Yes, it does. And um, I love that. Like, I don't know. Just <laughs> this idea that I was raised in an environment where <laughs> ratings were heavily looked at. And if right. something was R, uh, it was just a no. Um, <laughs> the number one Christian, the number one R-rated film of all time is still Passion of the Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe shuffle this playlist around a little bit and give you another go. I want to keep listening. I'm I'll not give you another opposed. go. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not yeah. saying I don't like them. I think they're radically talented. It's very clear they're radically talented, we'll see. and I appreciate what they're doing. But it's like well, also one of those things you got to be in the mood for it. And I just like I couldn't get my brain in the mood for it. I was like, Shh, like the whole time I was like, sure. oh, and so to contrast this, because I was trying to challenge myself because uh, I went into work. I commuted into work twice this week, and that's about a 45 minute one way uh, subway ride. Bart, if you're familiar with the Bay Area. And I listened, uh, I noticed Thursday released uh, just recently War All the Time mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. So they did a series of concerts where they performed full collapse all the way through live and War All the Time live. And so they clearly put out one of them, one of the shows, War All the Time. And I listened to it all the way through. And it, it absolutely wrecked me and completely moved me again. And I kept trying to be like, is this nostalgia glasses or is it actually that different from mm. Fry's? I don't know. I don't have an answer, but it, I have, it, I have it, a feeling it still works it's, for it's me. probably going to be one of them. Cause I know there are some seminal seminal bands from this era that I missed and I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. So but, well, you, yeah. you mentioned that you, I mean, you're obviously you're, what you liked Thursday, you listened to Thursday, but yeah. it sounds like you weren't as into them as, as I was. Um, 
Was there any Thursday records where you went back to and go, dude, I just don't get it? No, not really. Um, I haven't spent any time really with anything after war all the time. Uh, but like, I even like, Oh, I only the stuff that they played at furnace fest. The, the other thing there is that those records are, uh, really expensive if you want to buy a vinyl copy. And so, you know, you know me, my little hack where I will just not listen to it if it's too expensive and I will want to spend a lot of money on it. Um, but I did, uh, have a copy of waiting in high school that I did defend as like a, this is a good record. This is fine. I still like I, waiting. I, I mean, it, they're they're deadly serious on it. It's it's a bunch of earnest eighteen year olds. And I but, had no uh, idea. And I had no idea who Ian Curtis was. But you know, <laughs> I didn't either. I've I've mentioned this to my my um, to several people. Like I got into Joy Division because of Thursday. Sure. He, he, oh, who's Ian Curtis? He sings yeah. this. If for listeners who don't know, on the, the first Thursday record. There's a song just called Ian Curtis. Well, who's Ian Curtis? He, uh, the chorus goes, "I uh, we heard Ian Curtis kill himself again uh, in your bed last night. And what does that mean? You know, when you're 16, right. what yeah. the hell does that mean? You Google <laughs> it, you pop a goog, and you find out about Joy Division. And yeah, I mean, I yeah. completely... Uh, so many of I mean so much of this podcast is us talking about hearing something and then going right, back yeah. and finding you know I I didn't listen to Joy Division till after till either late college or after college but uh, my roommate in Chicago got me into that also a quick follow up on uh, some some of our lexicon that we use I was on Urban Dictionary the other day and Came upon I for whatever reason checked on the Papa Goog entry and realized that I actually was not the first one. So I didn't entirely make it up. It is a thing. You weren't. There is so a because you, you brought it up on our podcast, Rose, Rosemary, and I didn't. I didn't catch what you were laying down at the time in the moment, <laughs> and I only picked it up uh, on editing. Yeah. Um, but the Papa Goog. I pull up and it's like Nafis Gerald right. whatever edited this or whatever. There's, like, there's an, oh. Yeah, there's an earlier entry about a month yes. earlier. So I don't know where it came well, from. Well, I'm I'm sorry that you didn't completely and totally invent that, but it, also it validates me, actually. <laughs> it validates me that it's a thing people say. But no, so I I think uh I'm maybe gonna revisit my aim in the Thrice playlist and maybe sometime we can have a, a follow up. I'm open. Up. I'm not up, saying I'm not closing the door on thrice. I'm not closing yeah. the door. I'm just as all well, I'm saying not. is that uh, it was. It's like a lot of people like I'm a huge Sopranos, huge Sopranos <laughs> fan, and Sopranos was kind of the first big serious yeah. uh, prestige. I'll say Sopranos really brought around the prestige TV world. And so if you've been watching Breaking Bad and Game of oh. Thrones and you're watching all the top Stranger Things and you go to Sopranos, it it, it is a bit like sure. going yeah. from, you know, like you're, you're, you're going from drinking, you know, Mountain Dew or, or Surge or something to like, here's a nice glass of, of Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very different vibes, and so I've had I've had several friends who were like, I tried Sopranos. It's kind of boring, and I don't really get it. I'm like, well, what's the big deal about it? And I'm just like, Ugh, and I like have to try to explain it to them. Okay. Um, well, so I anyway. feel like this is you doing that to me. So I'm sorry. <laughs> well, 
Yeah. So let's uh, let's move on. Well, thrice thrice is your Sopranos. Uh, <laughs> or no, what's Wait, something? What's the lead singer's what's name? Some, Dustin Kensrew. What is something? He's, he's, he's the Tony Soprano of post <laughs> What is what is something that everyone likes but Jesse is an idiot and doesn't? That's chocolate ice cream. That's what thrice is. But I don't chocolate ice. Cream. I don't like plain chocolate ice cream either, though. So. Okay. That's a bad example. I've always, I always got ridiculed when I was younger. People would be like, "Why do you like vanilla?" And I'm like, "Cause it's good. It's, it's good. boring." And I'm like, no, "It's, it's freaking great." It's and then I'm like, "Chocolate's right. overwhelming." Anyway, weekly picks. You can edit all this out. <laughs> now, what's your weekly pick? My weekly pick. Um, so I've mentioned before that it's hard for me to pick a weekly pick because <laughs> I will listen to so much music in no. any given time. I will in a week. I will maybe buy two different records or two or three records. I am listening to and buying a lot of music all the time but this record i came upon it a couple few weeks ago maybe a couple months ago and it has stayed with me uh it is an album called omit by a band called grievo they are a uh sort of heavy shoegaze thing out of austin texas uh, maybe unsurprisingly, I came upon them in the fans also like section of Holy Fawn's page, um, which Holy Fawn has a record coming out in September. Should be good. My, um, the way you said that quickly, my brain just heard. I came upon them in the only fans uh, section of Holy <laughs> Fawn's. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, well, well, hot damn. Well, Ryan, oh, oh. Ryan from Holy Fawn is a very, <laughs> he's a very handsome man. So. Uh, if he if he has one, you know. Um, but no, so it is. Uh, if he has one, like and subscribe, support yeah, them. So yes, go subscribe to to Ryan's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, so Grivo is, it's you know kind of like the same sort of heavy lush stuff, doomy stuff that I love, except like the lush parts of it are way more like whooshy and sort of cocteau twinsy than most of the other uh, stuff that I have found where it's just like, oh, this is actually like really, really nice. Instead I love, of I love really that Wuxi nice. is a beautiful it's a good Because I, really totally yeah, like, I totally know what you mean. A lot of like modulation and reverse reverb and stuff like that. And it's it's good. It's just good. So listen to that. <laughs> well, so from, so some follow-up from last week. I mentioned this from now. I'm cheating. I'm just going to insert this real quick. You can edit it out if you don't like me now. Um, mm-hmm. You were singing Billy Joel. Last week, and you said, <laughs> heart attack, ack, 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 ack. and just the way you sang it, I was like, I know that song, but I don't know that song. I was confused. And so I popped a goog, popped a goog. for Billy Joel, heart attack, ack, ack. <laughs> song comes up. I listen to it. I get to that part in the song. I'm like, I have never heard this song, <laughs> but it's sampled in a rap song. And so it bothered me for like a day. <laughs> and it was, it's Heems, Heems uh, uh, from um, Das Racist. Like, so after Das Racist. What kind a of, name. Uh, das Racist was a great, wait, have you, have you, did you listen to Das Racist? I've probably been exposed to them, but just like, why? Why do you choose Das Racist was a friggin' riot. They were a riot. So after Das Racist kind of ex- imploded, in tw- uh, 2015, Eat, Pray, Thug came out. and um, I love it. Uh, it's called Eat, Pray, Thug. 
Love it. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with DOS rates, it's the uh, uh, or, or you know they're 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 the three of them are rappers and they are brown men. I don't I don't I believe they are all Indian. Uh, I don't exactly like I'm not going to claim I know, but they're a lot of their songs are about being brown men in New York City. And one of his songs is uh, samples that mm-hmm. Billy Joel bit, uh, <laughs> and so it just sent me on this journey. Um, so I found that so uh, Heems Eat Pray Thug is a really fun record, but that's not my pick of the week. So I'm sorry, I'm cheating. My pick of the week. Hey, you're doing is, it now. See, is, I'm see, cheating. I just that's just a follow. It's, it's a really good record. It's a good record. But uh, uh, Mastodon's very first record, Remission. Um, most people know Mastodon blew up because of Leviathan. Um, and and Mastodon's kind of a silly band, and I say silly in that. They're they're the opposite of they're opposite side of the coin from something like Converge, where mm-hmm. when you listen to Converge, you feel like Jacob Bannon is writing these lyrics because if he didn't, he would kill himself. <laughs> like, like I don't mean to be dark, but like that's that's the gravity of Converge. Is this is a man working out serious stuff, mm-hmm. and the fans are that way. And then you go to something like Mastodon, who sonically is in the maybe the same orbit yeah and they're singing a song about moby dick oh yeah an album a full album an album and there is this part of you part of me that kind of goes oh this is silly this isn't serious it's about this old book um he's not singing about his real emotions and feelings but there's something about that is well one i think you can sort of uh for the hot dog and hot dog and the pill metaphor i think you can still put your own emotions even if you're writing about Moby Dick but also there's something freeing about listening to music that is not so diary-esque not so here's my open wound and um, I have been listening to a grotesque amount of Mastodon lately and they've always really you know their songs are dark thematically and lyrically but they never have felt confessional to me maybe I'm incorrect on that but their very first record is one that I've kind of eh, listened to every once in a while but the very first record is called Remission it got a lovely remaster in 2019 I've listened to a little bit then I've been listening to it a ton lately and if you like Leviathan and if you like Blood Mountain Mastodon if they lost you with uh, Oblivion or not Oblivion with uh, the one about Russ Putin, the fourth record, the one that's like super weird. And rah, rah, Russ if they Putin. lost you with that, go listen to their very first record. There you go. Um, well, <laughs> Mastodon is not that I can uh, go, but Mastodon yeah. is playing at Furnace Fest with Thrice. Yeah, well, so. literally every band that just has a distortion pedal is playing at the Furnace Fest. I mean, not it's just, not my band. You could apply. No, I can't. I'm gonna have a one right. month old. Well, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write them a strong worded letter okay. and be like, "Spaceships, can you and one Fugazi is hire them either, and and hire them and then t- to play, and then two, can you send like some childcare assistance <laughs> over to the house so that yep. he can justify this? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fugazi isn't playing either. If but if Fugazi was reuniting for Furnace Fest, I would, uh, I would uh, grab that little papoose and whatever baby rap thing i would hitchhike my way there i have my own car i don't need to hitchhike 
but I would absolutely not miss Furnace Fest if Fugazi was. But also, if Fugazi was reuniting for Furnace Fest, I feel like there would be a big part of me and a big part of other people would be like, sellouts. <laughs> I, I'm just very excited for, obviously, I'm going to have to wait three, four years probably for this, but I'm very excited of to see photos of... Uh, your kid on your shoulders with the giant uh, <laughs> ear protectors um, at various shows. So yeah, there you go. Uh, it's it's gonna happen. I'm excited. So now this has been a pleasure. Yeah. I'm sorry I disappointed. Wish you. Wish I could say the same, Jesse. I'm sorry I disappointed you. I'm sorry I don't like the thing that you like as much as you like it. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just maybe not my favorite thing. We'll circle back. Tune in next time for <laughs> Thrice Two. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if I have opinions differently next week. Because I'll keep listening. All right. <laughs> All right. I love you, buddy. Love Thanks you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Deep Food Radio. This podcast is hosted and produced by Jesse Atkinson and Matt Fitzgerald, who apologize for their rambling, but they also won't adjust their behavior, so their apology should be taken with a grain of salt. If, for whatever reason, you want more, you can follow at D2RadioPod on all socials and visit D2RadioPod.com. Someone, please, sponsor us. Thank you.